one, two, three in a row for the Nashville Predators. Yeah, they got cold for a while, but they're starting to heat up again. We'll tell you why last night's win over the Anaheim Ducks brought more good vibes that the Preds might actually be turning things around for good right ahead of an important stretch run. Plus, big weekend this weekend. Back-to-back games against the Blues and Wild. Two teams the Preds are currently chasing in the playoffs. We're going to break down that and hear what John Hines has in store for the weekend. And it's Friday, which means Anne has some cookies for her player or guy or whatever hockey figure of the week. All coming up today on Locked on Predators. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, welcome to Locked On Predators, everybody. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime who heard a lot of Tim McGraw last night at Bridgestone Arena. <laughs> I did hear a lot of Tim McGraw. Not all of it meant what I thought that it meant, but I heard a lot of Tim McGraw. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck. Well, instead of a disallowed goal, we can just go back and maybe think of it as a little mini Tim McGraw concert. It really was lovely. There was a lot of Tim, not as many goals as I felt like, you know, Tim sang about, but we had a, we had a lovely time anyway. It was, it was a lovely time. Glad you had fun in the arena. We certainly had fun watching it. Nashville Predators beat the Anaheim Ducks four to one Predators in control for most of this game Two nothing after the second period Ducks kind of scored late to maybe put some pressure on the Preds a little bit. Colton Sissons rattled off a great goal though. In the waning moments, Preds added an empty netter to put it away. And your one word to describe last night's game. So last night's game, we had talked about it. This was a big two points that were available for the Predators. And, you know, we've also talked about how we just plain like to beat the Anaheim Ducks. Um, but I think there was maybe some room for improvement in this game, as well as some great plays. And so my one word to describe the game is ebb and flow. This game really had some ebb and flow to it. There were some points where I thought this is playoff hockey. And then there were some points where I thought, sweet, Mary and Joseph, what are y'all thinking? Um, there weren't any huge glaring mistakes, but there was definitely lapses, I think, in energy and focus by the Nashville Predators. And while it was a great win, I think the Nashville Predators did a lot of things right. There were just some ebbs and flows to the momentum and to the energy of the game. And I think that's something they're going to have to address before this weekend. So my word, ebb and flow. I'm going to go into the movie bank again for this one. My one word is Argo. Now, have you seen Have you seen the movie Argo, Anne? A long time ago when it first came out, I saw Argo. Yes, it's loved it. It's an all-time great. Uh, don't watch it if you want something light to watch because it will stress you out. It's one of those movies where you know the outcome, but watching it anyway still like gives you heart palpitations. And it kind of felt like that way last night. 
for the Nashville Predators. I mean, they had this game under control, even though the scoreboard didn't really show it. Um, I thought they yes. outplayed the Ducks. Again, third straight game where I think the Preds have just straight up outplayed their opponent, which is a good sign that we'll get into in a little bit. But, you know, they started strong. Things were a little bit hairy, but everybody was, like, calm. You know, they, they get the two goals under them. Kind of looks like they're coasting. And then the big climax of the movie comes. The Ducks get that very wonky-looking goal. And then, oh, it was they, bad. and then they start putting pressure on right at the very end. And that's like, oh, I feel like the Preds are going to win, but I just don't know. Like, oh, are they going to blow this? Are the Ducks going to finally keep up with them? Is Ben Affleck going to pull this off and get on that plane? <laughs> you know, that to me felt like the game. And then, you know, the moment in Argo where the plane just you know takes off and they're in, they leave um, – uh, Iranian airspace and we're like, okay, whew, we can breathe. That was Colton Sisson's goal. Like that was Colton yes. Sisson's with a really good slap shot. I don't even know if you would call it like a full slap shot because it really wasn't a full windup. It was more like, you know, kind of just like a quick like wind up and then, you know, a little slapper past him i don't yep. really know what she called it. it it was like a weird looking slap shot but it had a lot of velocity on it and it was in the perfect part of the net that was the moment where i was like okay everybody breathe we got yes. yeah no that colton sisson's goal was so key and i was really glad to see it come from colton sisson's because i think he's one of the players on the predators roster who has done a lot of things well but isn't showing up necessarily on the stat sheet like you would expect from colton sisson's and so i was excited to see him get that goal and it really was such a cliffhanger moment there because like you had said, the Ducks got that really weird, wonky goal. Yeah. And then immediately went on the power play. And their power play is fifth in the league. I mean, this is this is a real threat. And I thought Nashville did a great job not to panic. Matt Benning had a huge block. Um, I think the penalty kill played really tight. And the minute you hear that music and you know that Colton Sissons has been sprung from the box yeah. um, and he scored that goal. It was like, okay, okay. So it was great for, for Colton Sissons and timing wise really was key for all of us who were in the arena and watching the game who just wanted to enjoy a win. Yeah. Well, the favorite part, and you can, I don't know if you could feel this in the arena, you could kind of hear it on TV a little bit. Um, right. I don't think we, really knew Colton Sissons was out of the box, you know, just because there's so much action going on and the Preds had the puck and Anaheim was pinching to keep it in. And then we hear the little guitar twang like, doo -doo -doo -doo. Oh, I love it. And everybody Wait, kind of, again? you know, it swelled a little bit because we knew Sissons was out, not only out, but he was behind the defense. And, yes. um, you know, I, I think that was Matt Benning who made the play out to him that, you know, I don't know if it was an audio cue or just if he had the awareness that Sissons was coming out, but he heard that and almost timed it perfectly where the second Sissons was out, Benning moved that puck up the ice. 
And, yeah, and it's, it's it was, exactly. And it was such a perfect play too, because you know I think one of the Anaheim defenders, the guy who was on the uh, the right side of their power play, kind of knew it because he rushed back, but he Benning knew that the Ducks were out of position on that one, and he made them pay. That last goal was a beautiful, as good as Sisson's shot was. You have to give uh, Matt Benning some play or some kudos for that for making that play happen too. That's the mindful hockey. That's the smart plays that Nashville can make. They're able to make those really smart plays if they're dialed in. And I think we're seeing that this is a team who, timing-wise, it's very good. They are pretty dialed into things like that. So I agree with you. Let's give kudos to Matt Benning for setting that up. And also, kudos to you because you really nailed that guitar riff. What? Man, man. I thought it was <laughs> It's my favorite. <laughs> it's it's still still a weird thing, but you know. Oh, I what? love if, it. If it helped Colton Sissons get the go get the goal that yes. uh, secured the win, we can twang all day. We can twang all day. All day. I, you know what? I'm here for it. I do like the some of the. I can't remember what place it is that has the um mario music or oh, the, when they spring them from the box that's, that's colorado yeah and you know i don't like to give any kudos to colorado for anything but i do love that but honestly i'm loving the the guitar riff for nashville i know some people think it's a little hokey but look we don't take ourselves too seriously we're not above making fun of our own image. So, and like you said, if that sound cues something for Matt Benning and the Nashville Predators, guitar riff away. Guitar guitar riff for MVP of last night's game. <laughs> there you go. Yes. You know, if it if it wasn't for the guitar riff, there's somebody else who might have gotten MVP, and that was Matt Duchesne. He in the top line had another big night. Want to dive into that in just a second, but not before we tell you about our friends at Built Bar. Uh, if you don't know what Built Bar is, it is a protein bar, but as Ann and I can both tell you, it doesn't taste like a protein bar. It tastes like mm -hmm. a candy bar. They're that good, and they have so many different flavors to choose from. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream. They have a shamrock shake flavor. Yeah, they're all delicious. You won't even believe that they're protein bars. Trust me. We know how regular protein bars are. Chewy, chalky, you know, maybe a little bit of synthetic flavor in there. But no, Bill Bars are delicious. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and the best part is they're healthy. Yep, they're low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, and high in protein. They also have something new out called Built Bar Puffs. It is a protein-infused marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, it tastes like kind of one of those, um, yeah, I guess like the marshmallow Easter eggs that you get in your basket. And they have different flavors of that too, like cinnamon churro, uh, banana cream pie. They are delicious. I, Anna and I can both tell you we were skeptical about these. We started trying them and we're both, I think, loyal Built Bar eaters from here on out. And if you don't believe us, you can try it for yourself. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com yeah the top line for me Anne, 
which last night happened to be Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, and Ryan Johansson. You can also probably throw Mikhail Granlund in there just because he, you know, was on the power play and made a couple of good plays there too. That's to me is why I feel confident about the Preds moving forward because it's those guys that are carrying mm-hmm. the team right now. And in years past, like let's let's not minimize like the guys like Tanner Janot having a fantastic season. You know the the entire herd line guys like Michael McCarron stepping up and Philip Tomasino starting to hit his stride. But if you want a chance to be a really good playoff team, you need dynamic superstars who can put a game on their back and carry it to the finish line over the past three games and add in, you know, the earlier part of the season, I'm seeing that for the Nashville predators. And that's what gets me pumped up about Nashville being a legitimate contender down the stretch. If you look at Nashville's most successful runs, when you look at when they've strung, you know, strung together some consistent wins, you're going to notice that the names on that score sheet are going to be names like Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne. You know, you're going to see assists from Granlund. That top line and now with Ryan Johansson in, which I have to tell you is a move that I really like. Um, and I, I love that, that last night. Johansson things. played great. Um, didn't get yes. on the score sheet. But that play on that first power play goal um, to set that up was phenomenal. Yes. And I think Mikhail Granlin, this is just going to snowball into good things because I think that we're seeing more from Ellie Tolvanen and Luke Cunnan on that second line with Mikhail Granlin. I'm telling you, Ellie Tolvanen is doing everything he can to score and it's going to happen. And heaven help us when he kind of breaks through because he is generating such good quality chances. So I think it's benefiting not just the top line, but the second line as well. And when you have Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne, playing at the level they're playing I think that's how you win these games and I agree secondary scoring is important but you've got to have these top line these top guys playing top minutes and playing their best and we're really seeing that Matt Duchesne um, is just a man possessed this season and it's been so great to see him back to where Nashville expected him to be and I think through no fault of his own, you know, he struggled to find his game here until John Hines came in. And this year, I think we're really reaping the benefits of stability in the lines and really kind of players who have connected and who read each other well and who read the game very similar ways. So the top line, this Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, Mikhail Granlin, those four guys playing well bodes very well for Nashville as they look ahead to this weekend and even on into the playoffs. They're going to be key. And it's funny you mentioned the top line and some of the line changes because in years past, Mm -hmm. Mentioning a line change has kind of given us a little PTSD, but it's funny when, when it happened this time, you know, obviously Granlund, um, Duchesne and Forsberg had been the top line for most of the season. And that was the one everybody was, you know, kind of hyped about. So when they announced they were switching that up, I didn't get that same sense of dread. And I think it's Mm -hmm. just because, John Hines has been consistent with his lines all season. He's had to shuffle things here and there, um, you know, due to injuries and, you know, 
that period of time where a lot of Preds were going down with COVID. Um, but for the yes. most part, he has been consistent with those lines every single year or every single game and it's paying off. And that's why I think like, yeah, even though Heinz switched things up, I didn't get that same sense of dread. In fact, I got excited because I was like, mm -hmm. okay, well, you know, we know Joe Hansen has been playing great. Hasn't had, you know, the best, I guess, people on his wing for his type of game. Um, and we know Granlund can make things happen with pretty much anybody yes. in that forward core. So when that happened, I was just like, you know what? I'm good with it. Like, let's see. I didn't get that same sense yeah. of, oh, here comes the blender again. Like, I, yes. I think that's just sort of a big mindset change for the Nashville Predators under John Hines. Is there's a lot more trust that no matter that's what coaching word. decision he makes, it's going to pay off. Uh, the leash for him is getting longer in the eyes of the fans, which is a very good thing. Like you said, when you talk about line changes before, I think one of the frustrations that people had with the line blender under Peter Laviolette was that there really wasn't necessarily um, a clear explanation or a clear understanding of why the lines were being switched the way they were. It and it didn't always make sense. And and Peter Laviolette has a very different, I think he, he had a very different relationship with the media, I think, in that he didn't feel the need to explain some of that. John Hines Fair. is very, you know, John Hines is very upfront. He's very consistent and he's very honest about his message to the team and his message with the media. Like I feel, and, and that, that's not necessarily a criticism of La Violette. I think it's just two different coaching styles. I think it's two different styles in relating to the media. And, and it's not a criticism of Peter La Violette should have done it different. That was his style. But I think that it builds trust. Like you said, I think that's the key word. It builds trust with the fans and with the team when the message that the coach is giving to very different avenues is consistent across the board. I think as fans, as media, as players, everybody knows what to expect from John Hines. You knew what John Hines was going to say after that Seattle loss. You knew what John Hines was going to say after that San Jose big win. We knew what John Hines was going to have the team focusing on coming through this four game stretch. And so he has earned a lot of trust because what you see is what you get. And he preaches the same message. I think that's huge for this team. And I think it's huge for Nashville Predators fans. Well, there's more confidence just all around, isn't there? I mean, when you look at the yes. look at how the players are playing and uh, like, here's, here's an example. We all have seen tweets about Ben Harper. Like we all know oh. what a lot of the fan base yes. thinks of him on the Predators. I look mm -hmm. at Ben Harper, the last couple of games he's played with Borvietsky out. Ben Come on. Harper has played very well. Like Ben Harper yes. has had a great last few games. And, yes. that's, and that's, that is, yeah, I mean, but that's, that's an example of it right there was yes. he's playing with a lot more confidence. He's making fewer mistakes and John Hines is trusting him. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. you, you think back to, you know, maybe the, the transition between, uh, you know, Laviolette and Hines, even dating back to last year where there was just, it seemed to 
maybe gatekeep is the weird word to use, but it was like, you know, you would have all these depth players who'd only be playing like eight, nine minutes a game. And then like just very yes. limited roles would never see the ice in the past like 10 minutes of the game. And uh, you look at like some of the depth players, like Michael McCarron, Matt Benning, um, Ben Harper, Bark Borvietsky is another big one this year. And you look yes. at what they're doing this year, and it's like not only are they getting a lot of ice time and playing well, but they are getting important minutes. Uh, Matt Benning was out there for, you know, again last night, almost the entirety of the last little Anaheim Ducks run. Um, we've mm-hmm. seen guy, we've seen Michael McCarron as the go-to guy on the penalty kill. Um, Matt Luff, you know, even though he hasn't been in the lineup the past couple of games, you think back to, you know, when he was playing for those couple of weeks as like an injury replacement for Nick Cousins, he was on the ice a lot yeah. in key situations down the ice. So there, it seems like even the depth players, like players that fans would normally kind of brush off are playing with a lot more confidence and that's no coincidence because their coach has a lot of confidence in them. Well, and I so wish I could show you my notes for today's show because I have a whole paragraph on why I think we need to talk about Ben Harper. You know, Ben Harper was booed. Come on. He was booed and, and shame, shame, even before any of his game changed. Shame on you people who booed Ben Harper when the entire team was introduced at the first home game. But Ben Harper has an understanding of what is expected of him. And I think when you know what is expected of you, you know what to reach for. You know where to improve. If you know what the end game looks like, you know how to fix what you're doing to get there. And I think we're seeing that with players like Ben Harper. Look, Ben Harper is not ever going to be a Roman Yossi. But for the role that he's been given, for the minutes he's trusted with, he knows exactly what he's supposed to do. And I think there is something to be said for a clear message from your coach to know this is, you know, we laugh a little bit about the word identity. This is our identity. Oh, John Hines, 10 bucks says he says identity three times in the post-game presser. And he does, but it makes sense. And I think you see the clear message leads to a clear understanding of what to improve. And that leads to confidence. And you're seeing it in players like Ben Harper and Michael McCarron, who I think you know, a lot of people have felt like aren't up to Nashville Predators standards. And I think when you know what the standard is, you know how to meet it. So I think so much of this team's success right now really rests with John Hines. And I think when they don't do well, it is good that we have John Hines because he's good at writing the ship and saying, come back to this standard, come back to what the expectation is. It's a clear message. And I think that's been huge for this team. Yeah. Speaking of John Hines, we got a soundbite from him about what's coming up this weekend. Of course, the Preds have a couple of games. Plus, Anne has cookies for her player of the week. Another batch of Dutch cookies, Anne. Always have the cookies ready on Friday. But first, it's time to talk about our friends at Bet Online. It is that time of year again as college basketball tournament is finally upon us. Love this time of year. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it is not just basketball. 
Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So the Preds don't get a lot of time to celebrate because this weekend may be combined more important than the entire last week of the Nashville Predators. Every game's important, but we got St. Louis tomorrow, followed by Minnesota on Sunday. And if you haven't pulled up NHL.com lately, those are the two Ooh. teams directly ahead of the Nashville Predators in the playoff race right now yeah i mean this is going to be a crucial weekend for the preds and and they have to come out of it you know you would hate to say like must win but ideally you would like at the very minimum three out of four possible points Yes. And let's just go for all of the points because where the standings sit right now, these next two games for the Nashville Predators and for Minnesota and the Blues, this is going to shift and sift some things in the Central Division. You know, you can't, you almost can't understate how important these games are. Yes, there is a lot of time left to make up points, but you really want to get as far ahead right now in the, this point in the season as you can. And these games are going to make a big difference. Um, John Hines was asked about this stretch uh, last night after the uh, game against the Anaheim Ducks, and this is what he had to say about it. It's, you know, we knew coming into the week it was going to be a four-game stretch that was, uh, you know, all teams right in the mix, and 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 that that provides challenges in itself. And now you've, you know, we've found a way to get four points this week, and you know, you're coming in against uh, two Central Division opponents that are ahead of us in the standings and really good teams, play playoff-style hockey. Uh, so I think again, it's it's a great opportunity for us to play some real high-stakes games this weekend where we're going to have to be at our best. And if you want to do anything late in the season, you have to play your best against the best in high-stakes games, and that's what we have coming up this weekend. Yeah, you you have to play. You have to be the best playing the best. That's the message because that's what the playoffs are, aren't they? I mean, it seems like yes. to me John Hines is really instilling the mentality that every game from here on out has to be a playoff game. And look, we know the Preds have 25 games left on the schedule. They're not going to go 25 and 0. We know that. No. Uh, if they do, hell yeah. Yay for <laughs> God us. God bless the Nashville <laughs> Predators. They're not going to go 25 and 0, but you still have to treat it like a playoff game. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously you need to fight for points. Points are your number one thing. But to me, the bigger thing is keeping up the level of play. You have to have a consistent level of play. You can't have some of these stretches like you've had during the month of February or early March where, you know, you you kind of play down to your competition like Seattle and kind of get in a funk for a couple of games. You can't have that um, against any team. It doesn't matter if you're playing St. Louis, Minnesota, Colorado, or if you're playing the Coyotes, the Kraken, whoever. You have Mm -hmm. got to play like you're playing in a playoff game. And even if you come up short, like even if the Preds, you know, lose to St. Louis two to one, three to two, something like that. If they play as well as they played 
this week, then I think you can look and say, okay, I still feel confident about what the Preds are doing here. I would agree with that. I think now I will say that I do think these points are important for some reason that, you know, I think because of the central division rankings, getting a point out of each of these games would be great. Getting two points out of each of these games would make me very, very happy. And everybody sure. likes me better when I'm happy, but, but I think it's so important to start as you mean to go on was great parenting advice I was given. And I think it applies to hockey how you play these next 25 games really is going to set the tone for how you're going to play in the postseason and if you're going to get to the postseason. And I think Nashville has gotten itself back into a good groove. I think there were definitely some, some dips in attention and energy in the game last night. But I also think what's key is that Nashville is aware of that and they know what to correct. And so I think if they can learn from their mistakes, if they can learn from those kind of things, they can set a pattern that will help them as they get closer to the playoffs. I think it's going to be really important what they do over the next few games, of course, because they're central division rivals, but also because they're setting kind of the, the pattern for their play going into the playoffs. Yeah, and I look at that Minnesota game in particular, and if I'm the Preds, that's the one I'm kind of licking my chops at right now. Uh, yes. Because the yes. Wild have been very hot or cold this season. They're a point above Nashville, but with a game in hand. But you look at their schedule uh, for the last little bit. I mean, they're winning games, but it's not exactly crisp. You know, like last, last night against the Red Wings, uh, they won that 6-5. to five. Uh, a game that featured a goalie fight, you know, some some drama there. <laughs> um, you know, they, they've let in five goals to Philadelphia. Uh, they've lost to the, the Sabres in the past week, mm -hmm. uh, destroyed by Calgary, destroyed by Dallas. Um, so it's like one of those where it's like, okay, the Preds have played really well over the past week. Well, Minnesota has been hot or cold. It's kind of like, you know, in F1, you know, when, you, when you're going around that last chicane and you know the team in front of you is, you know, a, like a second slower than you each lap. There's your time. There's your time to pass. Yes. And I think if the Predators do that this weekend, um, obviously a win over St. Louis is going to be critical be as huge. well. But to me, Minnesota is the low-hanging fruit this weekend. And now that I say that, Minnesota is probably going to win seven to one. Um, but but <laughs> no. To, but to me, I, I think that's that's the thing I'm circling on my calendar. I kind of brought up an interesting point to myself just then, Anne. Uh, Goaltending, mm -hmm. Preds have back to back. Yes. Do you roll Soros two games in a row, or does David Riddick get a chance somewhere in there? This is a really tough one because because of how close the standings are with these two teams, there's a part of me that's very tempted to say Saros can play the back-to-back, -back, but there's also 25 games left in the season. And, you know, there's a pace question there for Saros as well. So I'm going to be very interested to see what John Hines decides to do. If he decides not to do back-to-back -back with Saros, I would say start Riddick against Minnesota and give Saros the chance against St. Louis. Um, but I, 
I think that's great. What do you, where, what's your take on this? How, I'm, you know, I'm how do you think it's going to play out? I, I kind of think you're going to yeah. see Sorrows against the Blues. And I think you might see mm -hmm. Riddick make an appearance against the Wild. Um, the mm -hmm. only thing I can see where maybe that's flipped uh, is because the this Blues game is weirdly early, 1130 yes. in the morning on mm -hmm. a Saturday. Um, so maybe if you're looking at the, like, you know, how late the Ducks game ended last night, maybe you're like, okay, we, maybe we want to give Saros an extra day's rest, um, True. play Riddick at home where the environment's going to be a little bit more intense in our favor. Um, mm -hmm. maybe that's the only way I see them being switched, but I'm with you. I think we're going to eventually see Saros tomorrow Riddick on Sunday. Yeah, I think I think that's the best way to go. And here's the thing, you know, I really believe that you have your best chance to win with UC Saros in that he's playing out of his mind hockey right now. And but I think that there are opportunities where Nashville, when you see players like Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg playing really, really well, that gives you confidence to say Riddick can handle this in net because we're going to produce offensively. So I think that kind of balances out that hesitation in that decision. It'll be interesting to see what John Hines decides to do. Uh, I can't wait to see what those lineups are going to look like for this game. But these two games are going to be really interesting. They're going to be very important, I think, in the Central Division. And hopefully Nashville can continue to play as well as they have been lately and get themselves some extra points. Yeah. It is Friday, and TGIF, and that is Cookie TGIF. Day. TGIF. It is cookie day. I have been busy making a plate of Duchess cookies for our player of the week. And, you know, it's somebody we have mentioned just recently in our conversation. Cookies are going out this week to UC Soros. He is returning to his elite form. He stopped 27 of 28 last night. He has stopped 69 out of 71 nice. shots on goal in the last three games. UC Saros keeps this team competitive. Uh, in the post game, Mikhail Grand or not Mikhail Granlin, Matthias Ekholm gave kudos to Saros saying he's the best goalie right now. He's playing elite hockey. He keeps us in games. And I think you can't underestimate the importance of Saros and how hot he is right now. So plate of Duchess cookies to UC Saros this week. Maybe the cookies are what gives him the energy to play the back-to-back. Look, if that's what it takes, I'll make a double batch. Like yeah. I'm here for this. <laughs> you're you're going to need some of that for the postseason run because I have a feeling you're going to see a lot of UC sorrows for the rest of the season. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, so next week, Preds have an interesting week. Of course, we'll break down um, the two games this weekend on Monday. More coming up mm -hmm. next week too. We'll let you know. Um, when we get there, Monday was also one week until the trade deadline. So, oh gosh, we will break that down until that happens. Oh, Anne, where can the people find your work online? You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Follow the show at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, uh, and leave a comment. Let us know what you thought of our takes today. Uh, and also let us know if there's any topic you want us to discuss in the future down the road. 
That's going to do it for us today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll see you Monday.